My favorite fashion icon is. My style icon is. My fashion icon is. My fashion icon is Jennifer Lopez. Kelly Rowland. My mother. Tracy Ellis Ross. Because she's always so stylish and I love her use of bold colors. She has this simplistic, classic, but yet modern, playful style that any woman could rock. Her class, her style, and she's over 50 and she's still sexy. When I was a child, all the way through high school, my mom made all of my clothes. She was a master seamstress, so everything she made fit my long arms, my short torso, and my long legs. Y'all see the Oscars this year? Yes. Did you see Miss Sierra? Yes. Okay. She look good. Oh, oh, talk about she is just ready for summer. I think she stays ready for she summer. She stays ready. What was amazing to me was the blowback to what she had on. and It was mesh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And But it was a wide mesh, mm-hmm. not a small mesh. So think of a mesh steel or aluminum mm-hmm. looking fabric. Mm-hmm. And she had nothing on underneath. It was yeah. backless. It was a Vanity Fair mm-hmm. after party following the Oscars. And the theme was barely fair. Mm-hmm. And so there were other women, but she's the one that, you know, got seized on. Mm-hmm. What I can't understand is why black women were just so hard on her with so the why, vitriol and the hate. Why do you think that is? Like, what's their motivation? Girl, I, look, I don't know why there was so much backlash and vitriol about Sarah's choice. But, you know, our style and fashion, the choices that black women make, mm-hmm. really drives a lot of, people bring a lot of emotion to that. So I can't wait to, this This episode is all about that, you know, yes. is uh, black women in fashion and style and what it looks like, how we show up with it. Because, uh, you know, we can show up. We can. And, and show, show out. out. Okay. No. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> From WBEZ Chicago, this is When Magic Happens. I'm Cheryl Jackson here with Taylor Coward and Jennifer Shaylove Long. And y'all get ready to pose because today we're talking fashion, style, and how we can reinvent ourselves through fashion and style. Later, we hear from seasoned model turned style consultant and founder of the Black fashion movement, Frenchie Harris. She's not only a style icon in her own right, but she's in the big rooms making space for black designers and brands. Plus, she's got tips on how to serve a look and leave no crumbs. We all know, as our culture, we have created a lot of things that didn't get credit. And I think now we're to the place where, no, 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 you're going to give me my credit and you're going to give me my money. All that and more coming up. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. All right, ladies. Uh, What is your signature look? I mean, I've been knowing y'all for a little minute, for for a little bit now, and I think I can guess at it. Let me start with Jennifer. Sexy, sassy. Oh, Oh. But sporty. <laughs> oh. Sexy, sassy, but sporty. I like that. Yes. Okay. I think that's your style. Did I happen to tell you? 
I was a, a buyer. I wasn't a buyer. No. Lord. You see, I'm just making up my resume <laughs> like some of these folks in um, in Congress. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was a personal shopper for Saks Fifth Avenue. I wanted oh. an early career in fashion. Uh-huh. So, you know, this is my little, this is my jam. You are a great dresser. You okay, are. It's, it's, it's my jam. Am I off? You, it, I think you're spot on. Spot on? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because you be killing it, girl. Oh. But that's my thing. Now well, you look pretty you. cute, too. Well, girl, it, you know, put a pause on it. Come back when I, you know, manage my little menopausal weight situation and we can talk about it. <laughs> okay. Okay, Taylor, let me tell you about your look. Okay. I'm going to describe it what I think I see, mm-hmm. but what I think you're mm-hmm. evolving into. Mm-hmm. Your style is going to evolve. Mm-hmm. I think your style is kind of a pared down bohemian look. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's because you're holding yourself back. You, you're not, you're still growing into your style. Your style voice. I just feel weird coming, rolling into WBEZ with my Birkenstocks on. But Bohemian is definitely right. Am I I on it? Yeah, I see it. I I see it. I live in a Birkenstock. I see it. I see it. But I think it's more yet to come and to explore for you. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think you're going to hybrid it, your Bohemian look, and to... um, uh, put a put a little stank on it, you know, funk it up a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Uh, I see that for you. Thank you. Yeah, I see that for you. Yeah. Okay. Can we evaluate your look? Oh, <laughs> are you going to do a reverse? Okay, yeah. Yes. Okay. I love how you, you play with color. Like, you love color, and it looks so beautiful on you. And it's very professional, but it's also very sexy. Very You know, like, lady. it's very, like... Tight in all the right places, mm-hmm. you know. And then the heels really set it off, Amazing. you know, because you always have on some really fly heels. Look, I had a little nickname. Making us little short people feel shorter. <laughs> and the ankles don't wobble. <laughs> she got the strongest ankles. She do. And the boniest ankles ever, okay. Uh, yes. And, uh, you know, there's a, uh, you can have a sense of style that uh, reflects your highest self. Mm-hmm. And then a style that maybe, you know, is on a lower vibration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what does your style or fashion sense say about you? Mm, that's a good question. I feel like what you described is it. Like, I feel like it is, it's sporty, it's casual. I do try to be a little sexy because I'm single. What's that number to WBC? <laughs> Come on, y'all. We got yeah. a single, sexy, um, sassy mama here. <laughs> I feel like my personal style, I like color. So I'm getting into color. I wore a lot of color growing up. And so I, I wore no colors as like a middle schooler and high schooler. I was in black a lot. And my mom was like, I ruined pink for you. And I was like, <laughs> a little. But now I'm getting back into pink. So, okay, so I'm in a transitional phase. I get that. Yeah. I get that. I, I don't know what I, why I was always fascinated by style since a young girl. My high school was in a kind of the wealthy part of town, white part of town. And there was a tobacco shop. And they, that's why I could get the fashion magazines from other countries. And I would save my money, and I'm, like, buying Vogue, Italia, and, you know, French L. And um, and I'm pouring over that, like, I just couldn't wait to have that Snickers bar, and I can open up my fashion magazines Aww. and study them, okay? Yes. I was a fan of Naomi Campbell. Discovered in the streets of London while she was walking home from school, our next celebrity model, actress, and singer has been described as the most beautiful woman in the entire world by fashion experts. Born of Jamaican and Chinese ancestry, please meet the exquisite Naomi Campbell. Naomi! 
Linda Evangelista. She's a Canadian girl who's made more than good. Schoolmates from St. Catharines in Ontario remember her as a heavy metal hellcat. But now Linda Evangelista struts the catwalks of Paris like the true fashion royalty she's become. The supermodels of the 80s, you know, I'm just this so taken with that. But then also, you know, church, being, being a member, being a part of the Church of God in Christ, and church was very serious, and they dressed up. Mm-hmm. And so here I had, you know, couture fashion that I was fascinated with, having to always dress up for a church. So consequently, I do not know how to dress casual. Mm-hmm. I still to this day am challenged with that. I do not have a pair of jeans. I look at the jeans. I was, oh, I, I need to ask her what, where you get your jeans from. I like that style. Where you get your jeans you don't from. No, really? I, I wear jeans so infrequently mm-hmm. when I do wear them. They're not a, a default in my wardrobe. I know what to get you for your birthday now. Some jeans. Jeans shopping is like bathing suit drop, uh, shopping. It's just, it's a lot. Yeah. Okay. Trying to make it fit. This phase of my life, I really want to mix it up. Yeah. Mm. I really want to step outside my comfort zone. Do you have any, like, fashion icons or style icons that you look to now that you're ready to switch things up? I do. I love Tracy Ellis Ross. Oh, oh me yeah. Too. Okay, you can't. I mean, She's come on. Great. I tell you what I found this inspirational moment for me. I was fascinated by mm-hmm. um, Michelle Obama on the second book tour. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the nails, the hair, everything. The nails, the, the braids, the, the funky looks, clothes. She looks so good. Jennifer, uh, I hear yeah. you mentioning Lori Harvey a lot. I love her stuff. Who are your style icons? I like Yara Shahidi. Yes. You know, it's something about like use of color and texture and just the designs of what she wears. But I mean, she does the whole thing. Like her hair is super cute. You know, just mm-hmm. all of it. I just I love her style. And everything's very unique. Like, actually, she posted some recent pictures on Instagram, and she has this really cute, like, halter top, white, you know, shirt Mm -hmm. with this really beautiful skirt. It's kind of like an A-line skirt with these kind of, it looks like feathers-ish. But just really unique style. Right. How about you, Taylor? Who inspires you? I'll go in chronological order. <laughs> One, the first would be Mary Tyler Moore. Mm. She's like my hair icon. She's my fashion icon because she was so 70s, but it was also very simple. So it's things that people could still pull off wearing today. Yes. I just love her and her her look. Um, Nicole Byer as like a big woman. She's mm-hmm. just like she has even said she's like, I have the money to wear whatever I want. You just have to make it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, so many people don't make the kinds of things that I want. And so it was something I grew up struggling with. I'm like, I don't want flowers on everything. I don't want a peplum top. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and so fashion for bigger women is so difficult because sometimes it comes down to not necessarily what you want to wear, or how you want to look. It's what's available. Mm-hmm. And so that's very frustrating. And so I feel like she's really a change maker in that arena. Right. So th- those are my those are my icons. I en- I ended up not. I doing was a little crime. surprised by the Mary Tyler Moore. I'm not a big fan of 80s wear. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest, I don't like shoulder pads and uh, a lot of the sequins and stuff of the 80s. I don't really understand that time. The big hair and 
it's just I, I think I connect more with I'm so sorry I see some broken hearts in the room <laughs> <laughs> I kind of connect more with the 70s look and I think a lot of people do too because I see Paisley coming back yeah people are trying to learn how to do the hair blowouts and people are discovering what falls are and all right. that. So I think the 70s is making a comeback. You know, when I think about style, you, you know, you just talked like you in love with the 70s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, black women have had such an impact mm-hmm. on style and culture. And when I think about the 70s, yes. you know, you got to say Diana Ross. I was going to say Tracy's say mama. Diana. Okay, exactly. her mama. Okay, mama. you got to be talking to me yeah, about Diana Ross yeah. and Bob Mackey. Yeah. And she's so she was so glamorous. She yeah, is right. so Still glamorous. Is. Yeah. But in the 70s, I was... I was captivated by her. So what other black women that you think of that has shaped culture and style and fashion? You know what show, the Cosby show? Ooh, so yes. Like, it, was, it was like every male and female. Right. You know, Felicia Rashad, Lisa Bonet, everybody had their own style. But all of them, you know, had something that just was very unique their hair, right. their look, you know, I just, I, I would enjoy watching that show just to see, you know, who was going to have what on. Nobody said Diane Carroll. I know, Diane Carroll. Incredible. When she was, uh, what's her face, Devereaux on Dallas. Yes. Oh, yeah. And she's like, the champagne is burnt. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> she was so glamorous. She was always so glamorous. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you, how can we not have this conversation and not include, okay, Miss Diane, Diane Carroll. <laughs> uh, she, I have a photo of her from the um, the print catalog of Ebony yeah. of Diane Carroll in my house yeah. hanging. That's how much of a fan I am. She was so glamorous. She was. She, absolutely glamorous. So given the impact of black women on fashion, do you think that we get our due credit? I think it's getting better. I think that we had to bring it up, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're trendsetters. Like, I think our nails, our jewelry, our hair, we put it all together in a cohesive way that makes such a compelling outfit. Yes. I feel like that's really something we do when we do well. Right. And mm-hmm. it's copied. Right. Oh, yeah. And it's copied by yeah. non-black women. Mm-hmm. And they get the platform or and or the money. Particularly right. the nails. Right. Like, I used to, in high school... Like this, this girl I went to high school with, she would sometimes be like, Big Apple Red, because she knew that was the color OPI I would wear all the time. <laughs> I always had on long acrylic Big Apple Red nails. <laughs> and then when I started looking for internships and things like that, I was like, I guess I can't wear these anymore. You know what I mean? But now, no, you girlies can't. have them all the time. They do. Yes, they And do. so I'm like, wow, like, I guess it's allowed for only. Some people, pretty much. Right. Even though we were the originators, not the originators of the look, because like I was saying before, Mary Tyler Moore often had the long acrylic nails in the 70s. But just in terms of like... But so did Diana Ross. So right, who, right. Who did who first? But I mean, in terms of like workplace respectability, just like the issue of the Crown Act and mm-hmm. our hair being professional or not, mm-hmm. I feel like the full parts of our outfit that go with our outfit are deemed unprofessional or are looked down upon often. Mm. And for me, it was nails and my jewelry mm. a lot of the times that I felt like I just wasn't allowed to wear. Kind of a kind of an unsaid rule. I also think we have been historically just bold, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, there you and go. And like just 
our style and iteration of style has been, I agree, is certainly been um, is basically stolen. I mean, you know, appropriated. And, and pro- appropriated. Thank yes. you. But I think that like we create things and we're creative. You know, when you think about um, people like a like a Beyonce or Riri. Uh, yeah, no, she is. Yes, trendsetter and style setter, Rihanna. I mean, she's like goes from couture to streetwear to creating her own lane. Baby, she took being pregnant. What? To a whole nother level. Basically, you can be pregnant and still be sexy. Now I'm thinking of like movements. So I'm wondering, what are some fashion movements that you think that black women were the blueprint for? I'm hearing mm-hmm. maternity wear could be one of them. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't even maternity wear. It's just clothes with a belly. Right. You know? Hide the belly. So what are some other movements that you think were the blueprint for fashion movements? Hair, uh, hoops, braids. Definitely braids. Everybody getting braids. Every, you know, non-black mm-hmm. men are getting braids. Mm-hmm. I think even even pant, like jeans and the way jeans fit, you mm-hmm. know, and the certain needing to kind of adjust even shape, you know, like the apple bottoms and like having to identify right. other ways that because because there are so many body types i think we actually are the, sort of the reason for different types of shapes of clothing right? shout out to darion hey, <laughs> jeans. i had a pair of darion jeans i hadn't even thought about that jennifer that's such a good point mm-hmm. of like our shape wasn't even fitting in Mm-mm. what was being created it was not fitting <laughs> no, in the jeans or in the not south the landscape okay it was so not fitting we got maternity we got jeans what we see now is um this baby hair movement and i turned on the news and saw sister girl giving the news and giving you know baby hair styles at the same time i was like oh okay we're here it's mainstream okay <laughs> um and now, you know, so whether it's your news reporter, mm-hmm. I see it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tracy Ellis Ross is rocking her. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only is she rocking her baby hair, she is promoting tools, hair tools to style your baby hair. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is something that is in the making of mm-hmm. a movement. What are some things that you also find exciting about the current fashion landscape? I really like that it's it's more inclusive of different sizes and shapes. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to have to buy like capris to just buy a regular pair of pants, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so so like it's nice to now, you know, have access to clothing that that actually fits you, mm-hmm. you know, that fits your butt, fits your thighs, fits all of it. What I find really fascinating just in one moment, one decisive moment, we saw a big shift in um, the fashion industry. The pandemic has redefined it all. What is now acceptable in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Those suits are pretty much gone. They're for weddings. Yeah. (laughs) You you can't find a a business suit, Mm -hmm. particularly for women. It has been completely redefined. Mm. um, And to watch it happen overnight. Yeah. That's such a good point because it's like, you're right, it's like athletic where has actually elevated, right? Yes. And you can get all different kinds of, 
you know, athletic dresses. And, right. And athleisure. Yeah, athleisure. Athleisure. And that, if I had to say that was the look for work now, yeah. that is the look for work yeah. now. Athleisure to um, maybe business casual with, but it's it's also really flexible. It's got a little mm. got a little seasoning on it. It's just you know it's got a, a little, little edge, funk as you said spank, earlier, a little stank <laughs> on it. Okay, <laughs> a little stank on it. But what um, what bothers y'all the most about the fashion industry and where it's come from? Hmm. Well, I can say what bothers me the most. I'm just going to jump in here, Taylor, mm-hmm. is how they take advantage of the trend setting styles of black people and black women in particular. They like it, they copy it, and then they monetize it. Mm-hmm. But it's originated oftentimes mm-hmm. from black women. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's hair, nails, jeans, the way we put things together, how we mix it up, mm-hmm. I, I just think, I mean, they're just trolling, okay? And then they you know, grab it, and then it becomes a thing, mm-hmm. and they make the money off of it. I mean, just mm-hmm. when you look at, you know, Gucci or Louis Vuitton, and they, it's streetwear that they've elevated and now charging ugobs of money right. uh, around. But that streetwear style originated in the black community. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. It's beyond frustrating. Mm-hmm. It pisses me off. Trolling is a good... That's a good word. I do feel like... Black people, despite being the blueprint for so many trends, are still trolled, like you said. Yes. And so I can understand where that anger comes from for you being like a fashion person. I I get that frustration. Which is why I was so excited. um, Our guest today, when she launched um, the black fashion movement Mm. and it launched during the pandemic, mm. but I, she's a friend of mine mm-hmm. and I knew her beforehand. She was talking about this. And so when I saw that she didn't allow this pandemic to shut down her dream, I mean, I just got behind it, got my little, my little, uh, financial activism activated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pulled out that credit card. That's right. I <laughs> no need to pull it out, girls. Memorize. Okay. <laughs> Coming up, we talk with a tastemaker at the apex of making space for black designers and black style, founder of the black fashion movement, Frenchie Harris. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Frenchie Harris knows fashion and style like the back of her hand. Fashion is what you're seeing every day in the stores, you know, what's in the magazines. But being able to pull it together is your style. Frenchie's a CEO, a consultant, an entrepreneur, and the founder of the Black Fashion Movement, which started as a grassroots social media campaign to celebrate, promote, and support Black-owned fashion brands during Black History Month. First, you're looking cute. I Thank expected you. no less. <laughs> I need to know what you are wearing. 
Who are we wearing so today? So I'm wearing a coverall by a brand, obviously black-owned, mm-hmm. denim brand called Oak and Acorn. And you can find them online at Oak and Acorn, or they're also sold at Nordstrom's. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, you are rocking it. Oh, thank you. Rocking it. Thanks. What's your background in fashion? What got you focused on fashion? I fell in love at the Ebony Fashion Fair in the oh, fourth grade. I went to the Ebony Fashion Fair in fourth grade. So that, it, it sealed the deal for me. I, my grandmother, her second career, she was a teacher. She worked at, at the time, it was called LaSalle's, but Macy's later bought it. So we all had the fancy stuff growing up. So fashion was our thing. And she had Harper's Bazaar at the house and Ebony and W. But when I got to the fashion fair, I was like, whoa. I just knew. I didn't know how, but I knew I needed to be in that some kind of way. Girl, those sisters could strut. Could they Listen, not? Listen, yes. But, you know, Naomi Campbell didn't have nothing on those sisters strutting down that runway. Yes. They literally became legendary. And I wish it was a time where we could know their names. Yes. Um, It just wasn't back then. But we knew when they were coming. And the fashion show happened on the runway and in the audience. It was a thing. Mm -hmm. It was a thing. Mm -hmm. So fashion has so much power. And when you really talk about women and how fashion, you know, can make or break you. You know, I I think a good example of that, the power of fashion, is Michelle Obama and her administration. She was both dogged by it, um, but then uh, praised for it. Mm -hmm. And I'd love for you to talk about fashion as a tool. So fashion is always going to be your first impression. And I don't think people give enough credit to that because before you can open your mouth, people see what you got on. Mm -hmm. And I think you really need to be intentional about how you want to show up. I can't, I hate when women say, well, it doesn't matter what I look like. It's my brains that count. We can't get to your brains, boo. (laughs) Not on first blush. No, we can't because it's really, and, and I don't say back to style. It doesn't have to be a ton of money. It doesn't have to, but you have to be pulled together and you have to make sure that you're intentional, that you're showing up in the way that you want the world to receive you. And so to your point about Michelle Obama, I think she wanted this new, relaxed, chic, modern presentation. She's like, I'm not in the White House anymore. Y'all holding me there. Right. I'm out here having fun. Living my best life. Exactly. With the second book tour and... Her outfit spoke to that. And I'll be honest with you. I even was taken aback a little bit. And it's like, what is, what message is she trying to convey? Because it, it was very different from who she was eight years ago. Right. And so. I know me, what message she's trying to convey. I am becoming. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're always evolving and becoming in uh, into our highest self. Mm-hmm. And don't don't put me in the box. Don't hold me where here because I'm over here now. I'm over here now. Yeah. So Ebony Fashion Fair inspired yes. you. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So you got started your career. Uh, you were more interested in the production, mm-hmm. the behind the scenes mm-hmm. of fashion shows. And so how did that lead you to you know now? Okay, okay. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> right. So I um, knew that I always wanted to do production, and so I ended up in Chicago. So I became the PR manager for Neiman Marcus and did that for about six years. 
what I started to notice was executives didn't look like me. Right. We, we weren't having merchandise from products from people that were made like me. And our customer was starting to look more like me. Isn't that interesting? Yes. But there was not, if it wasn't a program that I was doing or a group that I was bringing in, it wasn't getting done. And it's sad to say that it's starting to, now that I'm not there, I'm starting to see it go back. Right. The black dollar gets taken for granted because guess what? They know we're going to shop. Yes. So what we have to do is be more intentional of where we shop. That's right. And honesty, I was, it was a February 2020, and I knew I wanted to leave at the end of the fiscal year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, in, literally in the mirror, getting ready for work, asking God what to do. And he literally whispered in my ear to the point where I turned around so loudly, I turned around and jumped like, what in the world? Ooh, who is in this That said, place? help black-owned brands. Help black-owned brands. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. And so I just kind of started on this journey with, you know, fashion is my thing. So started recognizing and celebrating black fashion brands that later transitioned to beauty and lifestyle. So most people think of fashion design as either in apparel Mm -hmm. or shoes. Mm -hmm. Talk about the breadth of fashion and style. So one thing we all know um, as black people is that we're creative. Mm -hmm. So when you think about... um, design fashion is part of that but so is home so is interior you know home products but then also interiors there's shoes there's handbags when you get into beauty um cosmetic hair you literally at this point in day and age can go head to toe all black if you're intentional and tabitha brown taught us that oh yeah her line at target baby that tabitha brown is something else i she? love it I love it. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. But Tabitha has shown us lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So that's a life. It, would that be a lifestyle? Right. Right. And so to your point. Brand? So now we're not just having it on from head to toe. We're eating it. We're cooking dishes and things created by black people. You know, and, and we all know as our culture, we have created a lot of things that didn't get credit. And I think now we're to the place where, no, 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 you're going to give me my credit and you're going to give me my money. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) For doing this. Right, give me money. Pay me in equity, baby. Exactly. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about that because I think that is so prevalent. The world has benefited from the creative power and culture of black people. And they've taken that. And... um, you know, appropriated it Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. and made the billions of dollars that this birthplace is in the black community. And we've been wearing it forever. I'm not saying don't wear all that because I'm going to wear it. I'm going to buy whatever I like. Wear us too. Because what often's not spoken about is sometimes the designers behind those brands look like us. They're just not the ones with the name on the door. Okay. So we still want to support, right. right? What who's designing for these labels. But also calling it calling them out. You know, if it if it is something that is offensive, it if it is something that, you know, shouldn't be appropriated in a certain way, mm-hmm. calling them out. But the biggest way to call them out is through our purse. Come on with it. And the biggest way to support the brands that are created by black people is through our purse. And so I think it just takes some intentionality of, like you said, finding them. Yes. And once you find them, support them and then tell other people. 
do black designers need the backing of major brands to get recognition? That's a great question. And it's, um, I want to back up a little bit. It's not a lot of us behind these brands. But behind the mainstream. The ma- behind the mainstream brands. But there are a good crop of designers who are talented who choose not to have their own labels and work and power some of these other labels and have been doing it since the 60s and 70s. So I don't want to dismiss the creative talent there because they are there. It just takes a little bit of research. Um, like the young man who was the um, creative director for Louis Vuitton. Yes. And passed away. Yes, exactly. Right. But I have friends who have powered Theory, who have powered Ralph Lauren, who have powered DKNY and Ann Klein that literally have, you know, it's, it's their designs that you're seeing. And so do we need the backing? I think some certain credibility comes with certain names, mm-hmm. but more than anything, we need the funding. Okay, show me the money. Because even the biggest black designers that you hear about now still need the money. I love the way you talk about a black fashion movement. So we really are a platform that creates revenue-driven opportunities for black-owned brands, um, fashion, beauty, and lifestyle. So that can be pop-ups, which I've done. I saw you, your pop-up yeah. girl <laughs> in, uh, in Houston. I've had one. Um, Dallas? I just had one in um, New York. Um, but it's really to create this platform for brands to be able to be connected with the consumer. So we are we do events and things with intentionality of connecting the consumer with the brands and vice versa to really create opportunities for revenue driven experiences. So we've got some uh, rapid fire tips that we want to get you on record with. How does one find a personal style? So some people show up and they know. Right. But the ones that don't know, who do you admire? Who do you admire? Is it Michelle Obama? Is it um, Diana Ross, who's one of my fashion icons? Is it J-Lo? Who do you admire? And start to emulate with how they would wear, how they would wear it and what they would wear. Right. Are there rules to dressing your body? Like, uh, do you have to be cognizant of your body shape? This is the rule everyone, every woman needs to adhere to. Forget about the number. Wear what fits Girl. and find something else fabulous. Girl, I'm giving out away half my wardrobe to my nieces uh, because it no longer works. Um, all right. Finally, um, what's an article of clothing every woman should have in their closet? Three. What is that? First is a little black dress mm-hmm. that you can go from day to night. Second is a great pair of jeans. That you can also go from work to evening, switch out the jacket, the heels, the handbag, but then also a great blazer. This has been great. I've enjoyed this conversation. It has been a joy to talk about this passion of mine. I know, because this one always looks fabulous. If you don't know, (laughs) now you know. (laughs) Always. I'm I'm like Michelle Obama. I'm ready to step out of a box and push it. Always evolving. And mm-hmm. even in her point about Michelle Obama, that fashion reflects where you are in that moment in life, you know, and how she eight years ago was someplace else and now is in a different place and that we all are always evolving and our fashion reflects that. Yep. I like that. 
I also really like the capsule pieces she told us to have. Mm-hmm. The little black dress, mm-hmm. the pair of jeans, um, the and the blazer. Because those are things that, those things can be all thrown together. You That's know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, except the jeans. Don't wear jeans in a dress. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've seen Maybe. that. Right, I've seen that. Jeans in a dress. I think that's a useful tip because then you can build outfits around it. Mm-hmm. And those are the things you can gravitate toward to take you through day or night. She did. I love the notion of evolving. Mm-hmm. And there's no greater example of that than when I look at my mother, mm. who's 85. Um, she's really a fashionista. And she is so different from so many of her friends. Mm-hmm. Whether it's her home or what she has on um, or what she's talking about, ideas, and she's always current. Mm-hmm. And it keeps her so youthful. Mm. Yeah. Looking, acting, and talking um, is just learning to evolve. So I'll end with this. Y'all help me find some jeans. Okay. <laughs> oh my. It's like two challenges now. Right. We're going to go down. Bikini and some jeans. Go down to American okay. Eagle. You heard what, what Frenchie said. You got to have a pair of jeans in your. Got to. Yeah. Y'all help me. Okay. We're going to go. We got you. We got you. You got me. Okay. I know I can count on y'all. <laughs> <laughs> And that's a wrap for our fashion and style episode. If you liked what you heard, subscribe, rate us on Apple Podcasts, and tune in every Friday for your dose of When Magic Happens. And follow us on Instagram at When Magic Happens Podcast. And big news! We are launching a newsletter, the perfect companion to this podcast. You wanted more magic, and we heard you. We've got listener spotlights, episode links, sassy quotes, hot topics, women crushes who inspire us, and so much more. Don't miss out and join our email community at wbez.org backslash newsletters. Special thanks to our guest, Frenchie Harris, for strutting into the studio today. You can find her on Instagram at Frenchie Marie, and that's spelled F-R-E-N-C-H-Y-E Marie, and learn more about the Black Fashion Movement at theblackfashionmovement.com. You can find me, Cheryl Jackson, on socials at Cheryl Jackson. That's Cheryl with an E. You can find me, Jennifer Shea Love Long, on Instagram at Being Shea Love. And you can find me, Taylor Coward, on Instagram at Taylor Coward Online. And we want to hear from you, our magical listeners. Our email address is magic at wbez.org. Send us an email or a voice memo. What questions do you want us to get to the bottom of? We want to hear from you. When Magic Happens is a production of WBEZ Chicago. Our truly magical producer is Brianna Garrett. Brendan Banizak is our executive producer. Tracy Brown is chief content officer. Editing by Justin Bull. Engineering by Dave Miska and Deshaun Smith. See y'all next week. Eight. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker. 
and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.